We're going to go to the book of Psalms again this morning, Psalm chapter 1. Psalm 1. Psalm 1. When you find that, if you'd stand with us in honor of reading the Word of God, unless you're not well able to stand, and God knows all about that for sure. Psalm 1, we'll start there in verse number 1. The Bible says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, excuse me, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. We're going to look at the first part of this psalm um, with this thought. Godliness brings blessing. Because it does. Truly. I believe we can see that here. Let's pray. We'll get right on into the message. Heavenly Father, we come to you and Lord, we ask that you would bless uh, the, the reading of your word and now the message to follow. We Plead the blood of Jesus over this place, Lord, that you would keep any disturbances to a minimum, Uh, Lord, that we could focus on what you have for us this morning. We need your power. We need that unction, uh, clarity of thought and speech, uh, just to get this message out the way that you would have it preached. And Father, if there is someone here that does not know Christ, I pray that you would speak to them, Lord, very clearly about that matter. Uh, Certainly it's something they need to take care of as soon as possible. Bless and help us now, Lord, as we, as, as, bless and help us now as we just try to do what you would have us to do with this message. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing. Please do be seated. For the past several weeks, the Sunday morning messages have been on the subject of blessedness. And from the Psalms that we have looked at, we have seen how faith and godly character put us in a place to be blessed. Um, There are times that it may include material pleasures and sometimes even monetary prosperity, but blessedness goes much, much further than that. Um... True blessedness has to do with the condition of our soul, the condition of our spirit, a lot more than it has to do with our earthly state. A lot of times when we think about blessedness, we want to right away think about happiness. But blessedness is much deeper than that. It's much tougher, if you will, than happiness. God created us with emotions. We're emotional beings. Not any doubt about that. Happiness is one of those emotions. Happiness is an emotion that's caused by good things that happen in our lives, which bring satisfaction, which bring excitement. Um, Happiness is most often going to be associated with positive circumstances. If things are positive, we can be happy about those things. That's where blessedness is different. Blessedness has a deep sense of contentment and satisfaction and joy and peace in our spirit that comes from God. It's from God himself. Happiness can be affected by our circumstances, but blessedness cannot. I mean, it is possible to have joy in the midst of the storm. It is possible to have peace in the midst of the, of the storm because true blessedness comes from God. 
According to Psalm 46 and verse 2 and 3, blessedness is with us, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with swelling thereof. We're blessed no matter what might happen in our world. I said we can we can have this blessedness no matter if no, no matter what is going on in our society today, no matter what is going on in our world today, no matter how it looks like the United States of America is falling apart, we can still have this blessedness. It is a possibility. <clears throat> you know, somebody may be going through terrible trials, dark time in their life, deep valleys. But their soul can still be completely at rest with God. We're talking about a blessedness that comes from the Lord himself. And as we read these first three verses in the psalm, we see that blessedness of a godly man. It talks about a godly man. You know, it's really something because this psalm doesn't line up with the modern philosophy of this world. And it really doesn't line up with a lot of the professing Christianity of this world. We're in the midst of a generation that does not want to hear anything more than a message of tolerance. A big part of professing Christianity today is accepting of most worldly activities, even drinking alcohol. I mean, it's become we just, you know, we have this Jesus that loves us so much and he doesn't care how we live. He doesn't care what we do. He doesn't care what our activities are. You know, as long as we have our Jesus bumper sticker and our what would Jesus do bracelet and the cross we wear around our neck and we go to church every once in a while, you know, and sing some praises to God, everything's going to be just fine. I mean, that's really where we're at in the United States of America. It is. And it's a sad state of affairs. Because those very same people that are depending upon all this, all this, um, um, all this, um, all this outward influence to keep their emotions high, when the storms come, when the clouds roll in, when the valleys get dark, their blessedness is gone. Um, their hope is gone. When an, when an, when an unadulterated version of the scriptures is taught today or preached today saying that there are so many things in our culture that our culture accepts but those very things that the culture of today accepts uh, should be shunned by Christianity a lot of times when that is taught when that is preached when that is even proclaimed by Christians um, you'll be looked at you'll be looked at like you have a third eye I, I, I mean, you'll, you'll be, you'll be, you'll be, at times you'll be laughed to scorn. What do you mean you're not supposed to do that? What do you mean you're not supposed to go there? What do you mean you're not supposed to watch that? What do you mean you're not supposed to listen to that? Most people are very unaccepting of these things that we are supposed to still live a separated life as children of God. When, 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 when they, when they see it that way, no, no, when they see it that way, they're not seeing scripture they're not seeing Scripture the way that it should be viewed. And this morning, I really believe it's vitally important that we remember that this psalmist was inspired by God when he wrote, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. He's telling us about things that we should not do. There are some guidelines in our Bible. There are some guidelines that come from God that say there are things in our life of, of which should be abstained. And God makes it clear. I like it. One Bible commentator put it this way. He said this, The blessed man in this psalm is marked by the things he does not do, the places to which he does not go, by the books he does not read, by the movies he does not watch, by the company he does not keep the blessed man now we're talking about blessedness a blessedness that comes from God and certainly certainly we're here this morning because we want to be blessed by God I mean we're here because we want this blessedness that that God offers us our, our blessedness begins with that which we should avoid I was saved 36 years ago out of a life of drug and alcohol addiction 
When I got saved by the grace of God, it wasn't like God patted me on the head and said, you just go ahead and do your drugs and alcohol and everything's going to be okay because now you have me in your life and everything's just going to go just fine. Oh, no, no, no. It wasn't like that whatsoever. I got saved by the grace of God and I began to see the wickedness. I began to see the destructiveness of the lifestyle that I was living. I began to understand that God is a holy God and a righteous God and He does expect us to uh, separate ourselves from things that would ruin our life. We can't continue on to just live our life any way we want to live our life and expect, expect the blessedness that God offers to us. It is a blessedness of self-restraint that which, that which, that which He rejects. No, this man. It's a, it, it's a blessedness of self-restraint. He rejects some things, as well as affection, those things he delights. A couple of things we want to look at this morning. So let's start at verse number one. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. So what is the blessed to avoid? This is an area that's tough for some to believe and and tougher even for some to practice. Someone that is blessed will avoid people and places and activities and philosophies that are outside of God's boundaries that would keep the soul from being blessed. We have to determine that we are going to live the way that God would have us to live if we really want the blessedness that God has to offer. And so it says here, he refuses the counsel of the ungodly. Now, when it speaks of counsel here, it's referring to suggestions or advice or recommendations or op- uh, opinions or guidances or judgments and whatever other means that might be used to affect our beliefs or our decisions or our views. And so we're going to reject those things that would, that would keep us from believing what God has to say. And the counsel of the ungodly would be that uh, would be that uh, it would be that does that does not uh, show regard for the word of God uh, that that would that would that would contradict the word of God that would be denounced by God or goes against the word of God and, and so would not be approved by God and so we don't want to take counsel from someone that does not believe what the Bible has to say. We don't want to take counsel from someone that does not live the way the Bible says that we should live. We have to decide that we are going to live the way that God would have us to live. Well, do you think that everybody that, you know, they just, you, okay, preacher, okay, let me stop. Come on, brain. Do you think, preacher, then that we can just, we can just listen to people that say that they're godly and, and whatsoever? You know, the bottom line is this. This is our final authority. If it does not line up with this, then there's no need to listen. But when it is taught or preached or told, and it does line up with this, then that's good counsel. We can be assured that they're going to lead us the way that God would have us to go. Uh, you saw in a video, and it was talking about how, how there's some of the uh, quote-unquote churches over in Brazil that, that they have these direct revelations from God. I have this new revelation from God. No, you don't. Because the revelation from God is right here in this book. There are no new revelations of God. God gave us the canon of Scripture. It's complete. I mean, everything that we need to know while we live our life on this earth is right here in this Bible. And anybody that gives you any type of counsel that goes against what this Bible says is wrong. No, no, I don't mind. I'd say that a hundred times. I'm telling you. Let God be true and every man a liar. We can trust the Word of God. We're not to take the counsel of the ungodly. Um, so to be blessed, to be blessed, then you have to be discerning. There's so much untruth fed to us those days and uh, these days. And so we have to be able to tell the difference between the truth of God and the philosophies and the deceptive ways of man. But we also have to stand strong on right decisions. So we make these decisions and then we have to be willing to stand strong on those. There has to be a deliberate choice. Well, there has to be many deliberate choices to reject the counsel of those that are odds with the word of God. But it also said that he avoids the sinner. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the ways of sinners. You know, there is a, there is a lifestyle that is clearly linked to sin. 
I mean, a way that, that no means is linked to righteousness or godliness or holiness. I mean, there is a lifestyle that God expects us to live. And wrong counsel can influence, please get this, wrong counsel can influence our way of thinking, but a man's ways can influence our behavior. The Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians 15.33, Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. And so we have to decide that we are going to pick a different crowd. If we're going to experience God's blessedness, we must determine to be separated from those people or places that can influence us to engage or accept or even tolerate sinful behavior. You know, the old devil loves to work on us. He loves it. And if he can surround us with people that will lead us away from God, he's already won. If he can surround us with people that are a negative influence instead of a positive godly influence, he has one. And, and it can even be, please get this, it can even be nice, decent people, but they have no real love for God and they have no real care for anything about your desire to live for God. And the more time uh, a purposefully spent with, with, with people like that, the more liable you are to become tolerant of their ways. That's why I warn, that's why I warn parents. Uh, of where their children might work as they get old enough to have a job. You have to be careful about where you place your children and what kind of a crowd that they are around. Because even though they come to church and they hear the Bible uh, preached and taught along the way, if they're around a group of people that are that, that are against what God has to say and living the way that God would have them to live, I'm telling you that influence throughout the week can be very powerful. We're talking about the blessed man. We're talking about living the life of blessedness. And, and I know, not, no, 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 I'm, I'm telling you, I know people that, well, somebody may ask, well, well, how are we supposed to reach those that don't know the Lord if we don't spend time with them? Well, we will never win sinners to the Lord by living like sinners. It's not going to happen. Oh, no, 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 no. We will win sinners to the Lord by loving sinners while we live for the Lord. It's only right. But we also have to refuse the seat of the scornful, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Sitteth in the seat. To sit implies a, um, it implies acceptance. To sit with someone is to find a place of belonging or a place of, of identity with someone. Excuse me. So, so to sit in the seat of the scornful is to take your place with those who would openly reject, would openly demean the things of God. It's to sit with people like that. Please get this. It, was to, it, it is to sit with people like that as if, as if that is where you fit in. As if that is where you really belong. I got saved by the grace of God. God did a wonderful work in my life and pulled me out of a lot of things. Definitely a deep pit. There was a time I got away from God. And I tried to go back to uh, the old type crowd. But I realized I didn't fit in there anymore. I didn't belong there anymore. Didn't need to be around that type of crowd anymore. And I'm telling you, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm telling you, we're, we're, we're prone. Today, young people, please listen to me. We're prone to want to fit in. We're, we're, we want to be a part of things that's going on. Well, then get real involved with the youth group here. That's a good place to fit in. No, 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 don't try to fit in with people that don't know the Lord. Don't try to fit in with people that laugh to scorn the people that are trying to live for God. Don't try to fit in with people that are living an ungodly life. And that's not only good for young people, that's pretty good for all of us, isn't it? Because we have to be careful about that. I mean, even at the workplace, we're surrounded by people that don't care anything about God. They live ungodly lives. Oh, they, you know, they might say that they love Jesus, but their life doesn't even show an inkling of that whatsoever. We have to be very, very careful about 
those types of things because the influence, the influence, the influence can be strong. And, and those people that are just vehemently against God, a child does not fit in with those that have no use for God. It's just the way that it is. And so the blessed man will live in such a way that there, um, that there is not a doubt to whom he belongs. His heart belongs to Jesus. In the day and time that we live in, that can be somewhat hard because uh, for the most part, I think you would agree with this, for the most part, people don't love Jesus. No, I'm talking about the real Jesus. You know, the, the Savior of the world. The very begotten Son of God, God the Son. They don't want anything to do with Jesus. They, want, they, they don't want anything to do with holiness and righteousness and goodness. They want to be able to fit in with the world and still claim to love God with all their heart and mind and soul. And there are a lot of institutions, there are a lot of religious institutions out there today that call themselves churches that um, will make people believe that's acceptable. The emergent church movement has done more to destroy Christianity than it ever has done to help people find the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. To think that there are churches that have to think that there are churches that uh, have, have places, um, to think there are churches that have Bible study where they drink beer and study the Bible? I'm not making it up. To think there are quote-unquote churches to where, where you could not tell the difference between the worldly music and the music that they play on their platforms? To think that there are places, uh, uh, houses of worship, they call them, that look, look more like a nightclub than they do a church service? There's problems. Well, I guess you're just a little intolerant. Well, I think I already touched that, didn't I? That's what this world wants today. They want tolerance. But I'm telling you, our God has not changed over the years. He's not changed. Well, preacher, you just act like you hate all these people. Oh, no, 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 don't you? Don't you put words in my mouth and don't you read into what I'm saying. I'm telling you, what we need is we need a heart for God that we'll go out there and we'll try to reach these people and bring them in here and show them the truth. That we would go out there and we would do our best to get them to the Lord Jesus Christ and bring them to a place of, of, of uh, living for Him so that they could be blessed also. But, but the whole thing is, is that people get this own idea. Are you still listening to me? People get this own idea about what, who God is supposed to be and what things are supposed to happen. But I'm telling you, we don't have our own idea. We have this right here. Let God be true and every man a liar. It's where we stand. Preacher, don't you think that you ought to be a little bit more tolerant with people? I mean, what do you want to do? Run people off heavens to Betsy? No. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that there were those that reached out to me when I didn't care anything about church, when I didn't care anything about God, when I didn't care anything about living a right life. No, 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 I, that, no. But, I, but I'm telling you, we have to live the life that God would have us to live if we're ever going to reach the people um, that need to be reached. We have to live that life. There's this idea that if we'll just live like the world, dress like the world, walk like the world, talk like the world, take on on the world characteristics, and then we can reach those people like that. That's not the way. No, 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 no. I'm telling you, separation is a, is a big doctrine in the Bible. Sanctification is a big doctrine in the Bible. And once God saves our soul, He really does expect us to live a different life. He really does expect us to go a different way. Well, preacher, that's, that's not a very popular message. I know, but it was not a popular message back in Jesus' time. It was not a popular message when John the Baptist preached. He lost his head over it. I'm telling you, it's never been a popular message, but God, no, no, no. Jesus doesn't, he doesn't care about popularity. Jesus 
God's not looking to build mega churches. Somebody say amen right there. God's looking for people that are going to dedicate their lives to him and live a life for him so that others might come to know him. That's what he's looking for. He's looking to bless people. It's true. No, 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 no. God is looking to bless people. But he tells us the way that can happen. And if we, don't, if we don't want to accept the way that he says these things should happen, how can we really ever expect to be blessed the way that God wants to bless us? <clears throat> so, then we have to move on to verse 2. We're only going to look at three verses don't, don't be nervous. Verse 2, look at this. But his, who? That blessed man. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. So get this. It's not good enough that we just reject the ideas and the philosophies of this world. But we, we have to receive the truth of the word of God with joy. It, look, it's not, good enough. it's not good enough that I cut out all the bad things that I did after God saved me. I mean, that was part of what God did for me. But without, without receiving His Word, I, I mean, without receiving what He has for us, we're just left empty, desolate. And the Bible says that blessed man, his delight is in the law of the Lord. If someone delights in something, they take pleasure in it. If someone delights in something, they find fulfillment in it. And, and here's what I hear a lot, and, and this is just part of our crazy society. Here's what I hear a lot. Well, preacher, you know, I just, I'm just not a good reader. Well, you know, I just don't care about reading. Well, when we begin to think that we have the very words of God in that book, that can guide us in the way of righteousness, and that can help us to have victory in every part of our life. Are y'all still listening to me? Can help us have victory in every part of our life if we just take heed to what he has to say. Why would not we try to be better readers? Why would we not put more effort into getting into that book? Why wouldn't, why wouldn't we do everything in our ability? I mean, even if we have to get a recording of the Bible and play it as we follow along so we can say some of them words that are in there, you know? Okay, nobody else has trouble with those pronunciations, but anyway, I do. Whatever we have to do to be in this book and allow it to do what only it can do, that we can get to where we delight in it. I'm telling you, preacher, that thing's hard, and I don't see how you find delight in it. Here's how you find delight in it. When God speaks to your heart, and you go ahead and do what He wants you to do, then it becomes delightful. Because when we do what God tells us to do, when we do, when we follow the principles of God's Word, then God does begin to bless. And we see it. It's manifest. It's very real. We see it in our own lives. We see it in the life of our family. We see it in the life of people around us. I'm telling you, it's very, very real. We, we delight in this. The delight of one who lives in God's blessedness is, is, is the Bible. When we begin to see the answers to whatever we might face in this life, when we can find comfort during the dark, lonely nights, when we can take the Bible and bring hope and comfort to somebody else's life, we are most blessed. We're blessed. Everybody wants instant fix. Everybody wants things to just, just fix it like that. I'm telling you, life, real life is not like that. We have been so messed up. We've been so messed up by the things of the world, by television shows and movies. I mean, tell them a 30-minute television show. Somebody's in terrible, terrible shape, and by the end of 30 minutes, their life is just glowing, and we expect our life to be like that. I'm telling you, real life is not like that. 
But as we follow God and as we do what God would have us to do, I guarantee you we can be blessed. And it says here, in God's law doth he meditate day and night. Those that are blessed work to understand God's word and apply it to their lives. They work at that. You know, it's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not going to help anybody to just read the Bible and not do anything with it. Mercy. You know, it's an amazing thing that somebody can get on their computer and stay on that computer for hours at a time. I'm not talking about working and studying. I'm just talking about getting on the computer and, and wherever they might go on that thing. There's so many different places and watching all these things and little tidbits and memes and all this different stuff. And they can do that for hours at a time. And really and truly, are you still with me here? Really and truly, when they get off of their computer or their phone or their tablet or whatever other, when they get off of that, after being on there for two, three, four hours, whatever the case may be, if they were honest with themselves and honest with others, they'd have to say, well, that was a waste of time. But we'll not look for tools that we can take and use to better understand the Bible, whether it be a dictionary or concordance, whatever the case may be. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we, we, we need to get to a place where we, we work to understand God's Word and where we work to apply it to our lives. We're talking about blessedness. We're talking about being blessed by God. I don't know how many times I've said, and people that have sat in my office and, and, and I've, I've sat and counseled with them or, or tried to help them with advice or whatever. I don't know, and, and you'll, you'll, you'll remember that so many times I've said this, man, I wish I had a magic wand. No, truly, I, I mean, I wish I had this magic uh, uh, godly wand, I don't know what I would call it, that I could just wave that thing, all your troubles are over, you're living a perfect life now, glory, hallelujah, isn't that a wonderful thing? But it is not like that. So I give counsel, well, you need to come to church every time the doors are open, and you need to get in the Word of God and read that every day. Well, preacher, we're really needing help. Yes, I know. You need to come to church every time the doors are open. And you need to get in the Word of God and read that every day. And pray and ask God to help you. Preacher, we're really looking for help. Look, God will guide you along the way. And we can guide you with the Word of God. But if we are not pursuing what God has for us as individuals, we're not going to be blessed the way He wants to bless us. We want somebody else to fix things for us. I'm telling you, there are things in your life that nobody else can fix except God himself. But we have to put forth effort. We have to put forth time. We have to put forth work. And if we would take some of that time that we waste, because pretty much anybody has got a smartphone wastes time. If we would take some of that time that we waste and, and direct it toward understanding God's word, and, and if, we, if we would decide that we are going to work at applying God's word, I guarantee you blessedness will come. See, no, no, there has to be a surrendering of our lives to God and surrendering of our lives to his word that there might be a day and a night, listen, that, that there might be a day and night managing of our lives. No, we're surrendered to his word and we're, sur- we're surrendering to him that he can manage our life day and night according to the principles of God's holy word. And it says, Lord, doth he meditate day and night. What does that mean, preacher? It means that we're listening to God. And, and, and throughout the day, we're following him. And throughout the night, we're following him. And we're doing what he would have us to do. And meditation is good also, that we would meditate and think about God's word. But you know what? If we have God's word in our mind, if we have God's word in our heart, if that is what our thoughts are throughout the day, I mean, those times that we can think, I'm telling you, it's going to lead to a better life. I was uh, I was a huge 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 fan of music before I got saved. I had an album collection for young people. Those are big black things like that. A small hole in the middle. 
had this music collection, I mean a vast music collection and, and a big stereo to play it on. And uh, it filled my mind, the music. It filled my thoughts. It filled my mind. Um, and most of the music, well, all of the music was very carnal, very worldly. And so my mind was filled with carnal, worldly thoughts. Or I just cranked it up and my, it didn't have to be in my mind. It was just going in my ear, in my head. And it's a shame to say the way that that stuff sticks in your brain that here all these decades later that pretty much if I hear the start of one of those songs, I can play it in my head, which I try hard not to do. And now a lot of the stuff I used to listen to were the John's Elevator music, you know. And so you hear this little, you know, and in my head I'm hearing, anyway. Yeah. And so to get that stuff out of my head, I started trying to memorize the Bible. Well, preacher, I mean, you can listen to good godly music, and I do. I've got a lot of it. I've got a lot of it, and I do, and I, and I love it. Good godly music is wonderful. It's absolutely... And... and, and Good godly music can be very uh, emotional, can it? I mean, it can be very emotional. It'll make you think about how great God is and, and what He's done in our life and all those things. Those are good things. I mean, those are wonderful things. But music in itself, please stay with me here, music in itself is not life-changing. The Word of God is life-changing. And so we meditate upon those things that keep us doing right. The Word of God keeps us doing right. It, 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 it helps us to make right decisions, right choices. It helps us, it helps us, it helps us to abstain from things. It, 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 it directs us. And, and we need to be in it, meditating it day and night. Because even as I said at the beginning of this message, we truly all want to be blessed, don't we? I mean, we want this blessedness. You can't open up a can and get it. You can't watch little one, one, one little video and get it. You can't listen to one good Christian song and get it. It becomes your life. Here's what Jesus said when he was uh, picking his disciples. Here's what he said. Follow me. Follow me. Well, preacher, I tell you, I wish I lived back then and Jesus would have come by and said, follow me. And then I would have fell right in. And, and man, I'm telling you, that would have been, that would have been awesome. That would have been great. Oh yeah, well okay. I I I would say yes, except you got to think about you know when he said follow me and they jumped right in to follow him. They left everything behind. No, when they jumped in to follow him, it was a complete change of life. The way they thought where they went, where they didn't go, what they did, what they did not do. It was a complete change of life. Here's what we want. We want easy Christianity. We want to just claim to be Christian. Oh, yes, I'm a Christian. And we expect that to just be some type of a magical phrase that's going to make us happy. Blessed. But we have to be ready not to walk 
in the counsel of the ungodly. And we have to be ready to not stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of scornful. If we're going to follow Him, we are going to delight in the law of the Lord. Well, preacher, that's, man, that's, you know, that's, preacher, that's, that's a complete change of life. That's what I just said. Oh, we don't want that. It's tough to lose yourself in Christ. No, I don't mind. I'll say it again. It's, it's a hard thing. It's tough to lose yourself in Christ. He took parts of my life, saved at 27. He took parts of my life that, I mean, I've been that way all my life. It was a complete change of life. That's what he wants for us. Well, I'm supposed to be somebody else. Oh, no, 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 no. You were created by God. He wants you to follow Him. Okay. I've got a third point. I'm going to get to it here in a minute, okay? Okay, all right? He, 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 he wants you to follow Him. Okay, let me go back to my example then. You know, he calls me. I'm going to follow him. If I was there, I would follow him. Well, okay. But, I mean, if you were standing by his side day after day, walking with him, traveling, going with him, you're there with him. I mean, with him every day, morning to evening. Jesus, the begotten Son of God, God the Son. Would you feel comfortable doing the things that you're doing with your life now? Would you be comfortable living your life the way you're living it day to day now? Would you be comfortable with the language that you use now? Would you be comfortable with the things you look at now? Would you be comfortable with the things you listen to now? Right there with Him? Hey, Jesus, you got to see this video. Are you sure he'd want to see it? Preacher, nobody, nobody really wants that type of Christianity. Oh, I, I understand. But we're not talking so much about what people want. We're talking about living a life of blessedness. And somehow we think because it turned the 21st century that God has changed. And so, you know, now he doesn't care about everything he wrote in that book. I mean, it's a new century. No, he's still holy. I said, God's still holy. And he does want us to live a life of blessedness. He does want to bless us. But for us to think that we can just continue on with whatever we want, and that there doesn't have to be any change, and that, you know, we can just do what we want, act the way we want, go the way we want, all that. We're just fooling ourselves. We have a form of Christianity with no power thereof. So how do the blessed fare? Come on, I've got two minutes left. I may go over just a little bit. Verse number three. Come on, I'm going to get through this. Verse number three. And he, who he, that blessed man, shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So here's how the blessed fare. Come on, stay with me. This is going to be real quick. This is how the blessed fare. Their lives are marked by stability. A tree planted by rivers of water, growing up strong, able to take the storms that come through. 
I said their, their life would be marked by stability. What they are now, they can be 10 years from now, or 20 years from now, or 30 years from now, or 50 years from now. If we went over to the New Testament, we could reference the wise man that built his house upon a rock instead of building his house upon the sand. We, we want our lives built upon something that will always be there. A life built upon the Word of God is a secure life. It's a stable life. It, it's a life that cannot be torn down by the storms of this world. Their lives are marked by stability. But their lives are also marked by success. I don't really like the word success. It's only used one time in the Bible. In Joshua chapter 1 verse number 8. It talks about being successful. And it's equated with how much we read, stay with me here, and obey the Bible. Their lives are marked by success. Whatsoever man, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So someone that has decided that they want blessedness the way that, that God would give it to them doing these things that we've already preached about all through the seasons of life, their, their character bears the fruit of godliness. Of godliness. You know what's tough? It's tough to watch somebody walk away from God. It's tough to watch somebody that uh, it's tough to watch somebody that has uh, that claims to be Christian and lives a life contrary to what Christianity is supposed to be. They they don't have the. They claim to be Christian, but their 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 character is not godliness. And here's what I have seen in in my time in ministry: those that want to claim one thing, but their life presents another thing. There's destruction. There's the unrest. There's not this stability. But I'm telling you, if we're doing it the way that God wants us to do it, there's going to be that fruit of godliness as time goes on, whether it's in the youth or midlife or old age. That, that we, you can maintain a love for God. Whether you're in the midst of trials or whether on the bed of ease, godliness is evident in someone's life that is living this type of lifestyle. In every area of life, blessedness of God is, 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 is this, blessed man's, uh, this blessed man's experience. His church life, his business life, his home life, his secret life, all of his life, all of his life prospers because there's no contamination from sinful behavior or false thinking or godless associations. I'm telling you that blessedness is very real. Every believer, every believer, every believer can live a life of blessedness. Every believer, every born again child of God. No, no, no. Everybody that's actually truly put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, been born again by the Spirit of God, I mean, knows that Jesus is their Savior. Every born again believer can live this life of blessedness. Everyone. But it has to be I'm done, please listen. It has to be on God's terms. In three simple verses, three simple verses, this psalm has laid out a path to being blessed. Forsake the things in which the world delights. Determine that you're going to delight yourself in, in God and His Word. Blessed. Some say, preacher, that's just too simple. That's too simple. No, it's not. It's God's way. You can be blessed more than you ever dreamed. 
truly, if you're ready to do it God's way. Because godliness, true godliness, brings blessings. Well, preacher, none of us are perfect. Believe me, I understand that. I know myself very well. I understand that. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, what if we, what, what, what about when we mess up? Well, we'll mess up every once in a while. What, what about if we stumble? God is there to help us along the way, keep us going. But God blesses our trying. He truly blesses our trying. No, I'm talking about really trying to do these things we talked about. Really trying. No, no, no. Well, I'm trying. No, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about somebody that's, oh, I'm doing everything I can to live the way that God wants me to live. God blesses our trying. And I guarantee if we're putting our best foot forward, if we are doing our best to follow God, to follow His Word, if we're doing our best, we can begin to see the blessings of God in our life in a way that we never dreamed possible. I'm telling you, if if we had time, there are people sitting in this auditorium right now, I'm telling you, I could point them out if they would give testimony, they'd stand up and testify. Preacher, that's exactly right. Pastor, I know that you're right. Preacher, I'm telling you, I can tell you when I started following God, and our whole life began to change. Preacher, I'm telling you, when we just determined we were going to live our life for God, our home changed, our family changed, our marriage changed, everything changed when we finally decided. I'm telling you, I know there's people sitting in this auditorium right now that could testify openly that that is, a, that is the truth. It is the truth. What is it you want, preacher? It it really doesn't matter about me, but I can tell you what I want. I want the people of Riverside Baptist Church to be blessed. But I'm not the blesser. I'm just the messenger. This isn't what Bill Marshall thinks. This is what has to say and I've watched those that have taken these principles and applied them and they're blessed and I've watched those that have shunned these things and many of them aren't even around anymore blessedness it's available to those that are serious about getting it Would you bow your heads with me? Our heads are bowed. Thanks for being so attentive and patient this morning. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes.